I'm not just the NFL, but you know, I like baseball, similar thing. I'm a Red Sox fan. And no, sorry, start that again. I'm not a Red Sox fan. <laughs> That's got to go in. <laughs> you have no idea who you support. I'm like David Cameron <laughs> with West Ham. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Like MLB as well. I'm a Blue Jays fan. Um, and the Blue Jays. This, sorry, sorry, it's not even the same colour. <laughs> no. Red and blue. Oh. Let's cut this whole bit out. No. It's been a long day. Everybody to Tight Ends, a fantasy football podcast based out of the UK. As ever, this is episode two, and I'm your host and commissioner of the Anglo-Scot Fantasy Football League. My name is Fitz. Uh, this week, I'm actually joined by three guests. Uh, my usual uh, co-star, Flem. How are you doing, Flem? Co-star? I've never been called a co-star in my life before. Well, I've been, I've been. I mean, I'm being nice because I won week one, but you know, let's, uh, you know, co-star. Do you want to be called something else? What would you rather be called? Um, yeah, yeah, do you know what? It's better than bitch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, producer bitch. Go and produce the producer podcast. Bitch. <laughs> uh, so producer bitch Flem's joined us. Uh, also regular from episode one, Lino. How are you doing, Lino? Unbeaten. Unbeaten. I mean, unbelievably well. <laughs> <laughs> and that tells you a little bit how he's feeling after week one. And finally, our fourth member today is Paul from the Mouseketeers, who had two first round picks. Uh, Paul, how are you doing today? I'd like to say fantastic, but... <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but we all know how I feel. Okay. Oh, mate. I'd, I'd say I feel sorry for you, but I hammered you. Ouch. Ouch. Well, we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, Flem, we want to remind everybody about the way they can follow us, listen to us, get in touch with us. Absolutely. You're listening to us already, which is half the battle. So thank you very much for that. But we are available on Acast, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. If you like it, tell your friends. Uh, If they like NFL and like to hear guys talking rubbish about it, we'd love them to be involved. If they don't like NFL and they just like eight guys ritually taking the piss out of each other, then we'd love to hear from you as well. We're on all the normal socials, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, all of them at TightEndsPod. Or you can email us at TightEndsPod at gmail.com. Com. Email us and you might get your email read out on air. And how Fantastic. special would that be? Whoop, whoop. Um, brilliant. Thanks for them. Uh, so, folks, this week we're going to be touching on what three things, what three things stood out from week one of the NFL. We're going to be taking through our Anglo-Scott Fantasy Football League recap by Flem. Uh, and then we're going to touch on one or two other quick topics before we wrap up today's episode. So without further ado, what three things? Guys, I'm going to ask each of you which one thing, so there's three of you, that makes three, which kind of item stood out from the NFL in week one? Was it a particular match, a particular play, an injury, a moment, a talking point? Which What really stood out for you in week one? Uh, let's start with Paul. What stood out for you? For me, it was definitely the Bengal Steelers game. 
fantastic game, had everything, drama, injuries, uh, excitement, obviously a few blunders as well. I mean, Joe Burrow, Super Bowl, uh, almost Super Bowl winner, quarterback, four fumbles, uh, sorry, four interceptions, one fumble. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw the game, but the the kicks at the end when the when the Bengals had it on the line to win, boom! It missed. was like oh. it was like nobody wanted to win that match. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it was, we were. I think we were all watching it because we were all kind of chatting on the on the WhatsApp group. And as soon as those two terrible long snaps came on, um, and you know the first one got first one got blocked, and the second one went wide for McPherson. You know who's Mister? I can't believe we're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's no way you know, if, he, if he said I can't believe we're going to win this game you know <laughs> and, and we were all in the WhatsApp group at the same time going fucking hell this is unbelievable I tell you who stood out for me in that game though um, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, on the Steelers was an absolute beast I know he scored a pile of fantasy points as well but he was an absolute beast he blocked the you know the field goal from McPherson as well he was everywhere he was a guy I really wanted in my team and I never got him. And I was absolutely furious about it, and rightly so, because he was just an utter beast that day. You had uh, TJ Watt, though, Fitz, didn't you? Who looks like I he had, had a TJ. pretty bad injury off the back of it. He did. Well, thankfully, it looks like he's not out for the season. Thankfully, he's only out for potentially a handful of weeks. But yeah, he was a, he was a beast. I had, I had in that game, McPherson, the kicker. I had TJ Watt. I had Jamar Chase. I had um, Burrows. Joe Burrows, by the way, not Justin. Um, and he was on like minus points for the first like first or second quarter, and he'd thrown like as Paul said a bunch of picks, and I was just like, "Are you fucking Seven kidding sacks me?" Seven as like, well. Seven sacks. Oh, sacks, minus points, interceptions, yeah, he, not he throwing was on touchdowns. Minus points at halftime. Yeah, that was it. And I was I was livid. Like I was like, "Why have I picked him over Trey Lance?" Like, and I'm a Niners fan. I was like, "No, I'll go with my head over my heart." And I'm sitting there with a quarterback on minus points and I'm losing the game. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that bit, but yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a tough game. It was a tough game to, to watch for me actually, because I had so much vested in about three or four players there. I'll tell you what though, when it comes to the Bengals though, you know, they were for, for, for last year's Super Bowl runners up, they were what 17, three behind and they got yeah. it back and they had Came no back. right to get it back either. You know, nah. The Steelers should have been away. Uh, with that game, it should have been absolutely home and dry, especially with the number of turnovers that they got. Um, so, yeah. you know, yeah. while while it was bad news for the Bengals, I think they can take a little bit of comfort that at least they managed to crawl their way back into the game. Lina, what about you? What's your one thing from last week? Just how bad the Patriots were offensively. I watched quite a bit of that game on. That was the main Sky game. I just thought they were just so unimaginative. Uh, didn't know what they were doing. And if you just said that one of the teams was coached by someone making his debut, you'd have guessed it was the Patriots. That was uh, that was my my big surprise, just how dull they looked. They looked enthusiastic on defense, looked like they got they could sack the quarterback on every occasion, but didn't. But I thought, yeah, just just very very poor. But I imagine a bit like the Packers, I imagine they'll come good. I, I honestly think they will. Whereas I think. You think? Yes, I do. We had this last year with Rodgers. He was awful first game, and the Packers became quite good. And I think the Patriots will will get it right. I can't see how, but I think they will. I think there's that. The Jets look like they, they they're not going to be any good again. I can't imagine they're going to get it get it right. I know they did have Joe Flacco playing, but 
yeah, I, I think it's just how bad the Patriots looked. You would just expect them to, especially against the division rivals, uh, you'd yeah. expect that against a head, new head coach, you think the mind games yeah. would have got in there and all that kind of stuff. And I was, uh, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised, because I, I, as, as we all know, I'm, I was once a loyal Patriot fan. Um, but You're a was, greedy uh, fan. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, boy. Yeah, I, 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 if, I, I, I wanted the Patriots to win. I've got a soft spot for them, yeah. and they were awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean the, I, I, I disagree a little bit with what you're saying, Lionel, um, because I, I, I think the Packers will probably come good. I think uh, Rogers, in particular, you know, after last week, is is going to have, especially at Lambeau, he's going to, you know, come back, and it wouldn't surprise me if they can kind of come out running this week. I've got Rogers in my team, and I'm almost tempted to put him in ahead of. Uh, Murray this week just because I think there's no way he will allow to have as bad a performance as the Packers I don't see someone like that in the Patriots I was watching that game and I couldn't work out if the Patriots were awful or the Dolphins were brilliant I think it was a little bit of both um, but but you're right the, the Dolphins just looked sterile uh, they looked um, you know boring they started off well no, I, I'm sure you know the first drive they were they, they went down the field and everyone going oh this is this this is great and then Jones got picked off in the end zone and then it all went it all went downhill from there. Yeah, I'd, I'd be worried about him. What about uh, Flem? What's your one thing for this week? Uh, I'm going to revert to you as well on this uh, Fitz because I know you're a big 49er fan. Trey Lance. There's a lot of people saying that. His performance against the Bears was enough to say, "No, nah, get out and get Jimmy G back in." I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that at all. Um, I think it was a not great performance by the 49ers, but at the same time, it was in monsoon type conditions, and I don't think you can make yeah. a lot of um, a lot of play for that. With Dak Prescott getting a pretty serious injury for the Cowboys, rumor mill is that Jimmy G could potentially be heading to the Cowboys. What would your thoughts as a 49ers fan be that be about that? Uh, I mean, there's three things there. Number one, yep. take take anything out of the game for Lance. No, Monsoon, our, our O-line is shocking. Uh, and it's his first proper game as a starter. So, uh, and the box score, if you look at the stats, yeah, they don't look great. But actually, if you actually watch the guy, I watched highlights of the game and, and some extra clips on the, on the NFL um, media channels, it actually looks in some instances, better than Fields. So I'm not worried about it. Number two, uh, Jimmy going to anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I want Jimmy outdoor, to be honest. I just I don't like it. I don't think it helps Lance. Going to the Cowboys, though? No, that, that can get in the bin right now, as far as I'm concerned. I would quite happily see the Cowboys struggle with... Is it Black? What's the guy's oh, name? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Yep. Is, yeah, is that even a name? I don't know, right? That sounds like a made-up name. But Cooper Rush is your quarterback. I would happily let... Jimmy rot on our bench. Like great respect to Jimmy, and watch Dallas suffer and get absolutely pummeled over the next what five, six, seven games. Like the greatest a... respect to Jimmy, rot on the bench. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this, right? Because if you're, we talked about this before in a previous pod, right? If you're, uh, we have, we have, we talk about rivalries and which is your nearest rival or which franchise do you really d- dislike or like. 49ers fans, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, we just did not like the Cowboys. They were the one team in the NFC who, for often, more often than not, would be competing with the Niners for a Super Bowl appearance or for the NFC Championship. So any idea of helping them out by sending Jimmy, who's a good player, no. No, we're all, no. We're all agreed that the Cowboys are in the shit, yeah? 
Oh, gotcha. Oh, where, 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 where's Andy Dalton at the moment? Where, what's he? Is he a free agent? He, or is he no, he's um, he's at Saints. He's at the Saints. He's a Saints backup. Behind. Behind uh, Seamus Winston. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, get the first names right. Come on, yeah, boy. Yeah. Oh, people will be upset. Got a good He's record for QBs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one position people generally know. <laughs> generally know. I mean, your, your favourite player is Tony Brady, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, good. It's, a good, it's a good one for the week for them, and it's something that a lot of people are overreacting to on Niners Twitter, which I dive into quite often, and people just need to calm the hell down. It's like one game, it's in the rain. He's a young, he's like 21 years old. Like, I challenge any of us for anyone listening, when you were 21, to go out into rain in Chicago and play the way he did, like I'll give the boy a season and then make an evaluation at the end, man. Like, guys, thanks very much, and that rounds up our three things from this week in the NFL. And we're back, and now it's time to recap week one in the ASFL Fantasy Football League. The results are as follows. Chiltern Stallions, 248.02. Ochengain Alligators, 220.96. Benali Ballbags, 244.92. Essex Musketeers, 169.18. Byfleet Sharks, 228.02. OBS Wolfpack 225.6 and Bears Den Grizzlies 181.38 Reading Renegades 182.02 and that means we're only one week in but the Chiltern Stallions are top of the league on mm-hmm. points difference and with a 1-0 and zero record Benali Ballbags, Byfleet Sharks and Reading Renegades in that order also on 1-0 and zero. the four losers this week OBS Wolfpack Ockingain Alligators, Bears Den Grizzlies with the Essex Musketeers at the bottom of the pile with the smallest points. So let's go through each match one by one, shall we? Let's start off with the commish and your Chiltern Stallions being the top scorers of the week against the Ockingain Alligators. First of all, let's hear what everyone had to say about the Chiltern Stallions after the draft last week and then the second is I'm a little bit reliant on the Bengals um, but I'll take the L if it comes against the Alligators as it gives me higher waiver picks in week one that'll be my defence and my early cons- concession to the uh, Alligators who I do have the number on in the overall sort of head-to-head records so so Fitz you'll take yes. the L when it comes but you've got the number on the Alligators how does well, that feel the Alligators and manager Broward were due to beat me. Projected score was anywhere between 8 and 28 points throughout most of the first kind of wave of games at 6 o'clock our time in the UK. And only towards the kind of fourth quarter did it actually start turning around for me. Um, and I had so many players in my team then. And I was going into the week projecting to lose. I was feeling pretty sort of melancholy about it all and thinking, OK, even after the draft, I thought you know, I'm a bit heavy on the Bengals and... And Pittsburgh Steelers in week one is going to be a bit of a tough one. Uh, but I've got their number because I now am 22 and 15 in a head-to-head against Broward. So 
you know, history doesn't lie, the stats don't lie, and I've, I do have his number over a long period of time there, man. So yeah, I'm 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 more than pleasantly surprised by the uh, Stalin's kind of tone. But I mean, you you had you had the highest score of the week, and and the thing about it is, is that yeah. you had four players over 25 points. You had yeah. Jamar Chase, Antonio Brown, Stephen Diggs, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow just behind on, on 20.22 yeah. you yeah. didn't have that one kind of massive massive ridiculously high score yeah. you had four or five guys yeah. just con- belting yeah, the shit in. out of it that's the thing that really stood out to me when I look back at the scores from all the different matchups there were people who were on one or two people who were on 30 plus points and I didn't I don't think I had anybody as you said I think my highest score was 29 points so yeah I've got contributions all across the board and I actually went something different this year on the draft strategy. And I, at the moment, after one one week, a very, very small sample size, very happy with that kind of approach and that strategy. Really God, we've got to feel sorry for. He scored 220 points, which I think was the third highest no, score or third, no, third fourth highest score. No, 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 week. No, 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 no one on this group no. pod, apart from you, who lives down the road from him, feels sorry for him. Lionel, do you feel sorry for him? Uh, absolutely not, no. No. Paul? <laughs> Never. <laughs> No, see, never. No, the three of us are like, no one feels sorry for Broadwood and the Alligators. They are where I'm they trying, deserve I'm to trying be. To be. I'm trying to be impartial like the BBC here. I mean, I'm fucking delighted he lost. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, but let, let, anyway, let, let, let's quickly hear what, what Broadwood said about his draft not long after we had the draft. I'm, I'm generally quite positive about my team. I'm, I'm a little concerned around my wide receiver depth. Um, but... I mean, you've got good, you've got good running backs. I mean, what's that? You've got you've got Cook and Eckler. I've got Cook I and Eckler. Cook and Eckler. You've got to think of two first round picks. And I did go heavy on running backs at, at the expense of wide receivers to an extent, but as I'm slightly concerned by my wide receiver core. I mean, he went hard on on Cook on, on Cook and Eckler, but they were both shit. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Cook and Eckler. Well, I say they were shit, but you know, for for two. Who would normally be first round picks. We had a 13.8 and an 11.2. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just not good enough. That's not going to win you anything, really, is oh, it? I can I can um, to be honest. My moment of the weekend. It would be at the point in the uh, chat in the group chat that we've got in the afternoon, late afternoon games in the US, our evening games post nine o'clock, and Broadwood is texting the group. Give the fucking ball to Cook and Eckler. Run, you fucking so and so. Like, basically, was raging that both Cook and Eckler were not getting the carries and the touches that he really needed to try and come back at me. It, it was just well, listen, beautiful. Let's let's listen to what uh, Broadwood had to say when he phoned the commissioner's voicemail uh, after Sunday night. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Bullshit. That, that that's literally all he said. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's how I felt last year when he beat me in week one because Chandler Jones had, had a monster game for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. So yeah, I I, I felt like that last year and the favour has been returned. Lionel, Paul, no sympathy for the alligators. No, no, he brought it on all himself. No, definitely not. He, he he's like the pantomime villain, isn't he? So no. Beautiful. Right. Let's go into game number two. And game number two this week um, is between myself, the Benali Ballbags and the Essex Musketeers. Now, before I come to you, Paul, what I really, really want to do is just play what pretty much all the managers said after the draft earlier on this week. 
Paul, I'm, I'm playing you, and actually, I have to admit, I didn't actually pay much attention to you, but I've just looked at your team and I'm shitting it. Um, Brady, Henry, Mixon, Samuel, Andrews, Jones, Bosa Brothers. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, 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 it didn't quite pan out exactly how I was planning it as I didn't Hold on, it. hold on. It's okay. It's okay. You've got the yeah. most projected points for week one. No. Yeah, so. but the, my wide receivers, I'm not over the moon with. Um, my plan was to go Henry and then Jefferson, and then you and you jumped straight in for Jefferson. So yeah. that scuppered me from the start, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, obviously, I think it's a pretty decent team and hope, hoping for more than two wins this season. Right. Maybe, Paul, you were the one who noticed it, because it's pretty fair to say that me and Fitz in particular were all in on your team. We looked at it and just went, You've 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 got it there. You've got it. You've got it absolutely nailed. We we both I think well I think pretty much everyone because you had the first pick in the entire draft and you picked Derek Henry, and I think everyone went, oh mate, that's a mistake. But then when we looked at what you'd built around the Henry Mixon Brady Samuel Andrews Jones, we all went, oh yeah, that's it. What happened? I, I don't know. I just don't know. I, I'm still. Having sleepless nights, um, this game is just doing my head in. Literally, you know, I did preparation, mock drafts. The NFL.com agreed with you, you and James, that my team was good. I got an A minus. It said I was going to have a 12 and 2 record. I was like, okay, I'll take that. And then I've already got one of my losses in the first week. So I can only afford one more, according to NFL.com. Well, I think what uh, me and Fitz have shown is that NFL.com projections are worth absolute bullshit. But anyway, let's listen to what you said to the commissioner's voicemail after Sunday night. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Hello, this is GM Paul Radden of the Essex Musketeers. After only one week, we the Musketeers find ourselves in a dark place, with echoes of last season clearly on our minds. What should have been a day of rejoice in the Musketeers camp has turned to despair. After receiving high praise from the NFL post-draft, I feel some of the players have started to believe their own hype. This now proves to me that the NFL ratings know about as much as me. Fuck all. We plan to regroup after this harsh wake-up call and we hope to bounce back strongly against the Grizzlies next week. All for one. Oh, mate. I mean, I know I absolutely hammered you, but I kind of want to give you a cuddle. <laughs> and it would be much appreciated. Honestly, <laughs> inside, I'm a hollow man. A hollow man after week one. Oh, it's not been, it's not been great. It's not been great. <laughs> it's the most good tears. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not been great. It's an under, you're under, understating it. I think I think if you go back to the draft recording we took, Flem, mm-hmm. everybody, as you said, was like, well, Henry, first pick, what are you doing? Um, even with the keepers, there was so many other better players there and, and that you, you lucked in with Jefferson and I got Chase and all this. Of it. I think from pick one, we were expecting you to do well. NFL projections do, do, did well. We looked at your squad. It was a decent squad, but you were weak in places. And you let us and the NFL project, predictions for the season get in your head. Um, like I, th- I don't think you're the worst team in the league, man. But 
on paper your squad is not the most balanced and i think that's the that's the word i take through for your squad i look at your squad and it is unbalanced um i would agree i would agree i've got a little bit of hope i mean yeah derek henry might have been a bit of a gamble but last year derek henry had a 10 point start in the first week and then second game that was 40 plus points obviously that's last year means nothing but i'm really really hoping that yeah. uh, he, he comes good he can still smash it he can still turn up in a game and boss it but he's not the player he was no i mean there's a few big players who oh. just didn't show up this week no. i mean i don't know if that's well, just I... first game nerves or what but it is definitely a few strange results but um whether whether they continue like that we'll see from what I saw on Red Zone, he looked like he was just about to break free, and then someone put an awesome tackle on him, and that was that was it looked like he was just being stopped rather than like running into brick walls and stuff. And I thought the Giants' defense was incredible. Right, was let's have a quick listen to what um, to what I had to say after I'd finished my draft. I'm relying a lot on breakouts this year. Um, I, I, I don't have apart from apart from Jefferson. I, I don't have the star. You know, I don't I don't have a star player. I'm 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 really pleased with the players that I've got, but I'm relying on Barclay having a great season. I'm relying on um, you know Fournette having a good season and Higgins breaking out again. Um, Damian Pierce, I reckon, could be the wild card. Let's just start there. I was fucking wrong with that, wasn't I? I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I, I, I totally, totally bought into the Damien Pierce hype um, for Houston, yep. and he took, he was on the field for what twenty three percent of snaps, uh, and the head coach has pretty much come out now to say, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll play back up if he's lucky. So he scored four point nine points for me. Not, not yeah. ideal, but Barkley who cares? For you, Barkley yeah. was, yeah. was the man. Who cares when you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Saquon Barkley in your team after this week? I mean, Jefferson is just an absolute unit. Uh, and I think and I think probably now the finest wide receiver in the league. I, I, I think the thing with Cup and Jefferson is you look at the Vikings. Yeah, Thielen's there, but he's not what he was. You can double team him and you can potentially take him a bit more out of the game. Cup, people need to do that a bit with the Rams. I think when you, I think there are other players who have got better scope to break out, to use your phrase, in receiver. It doesn't mean they're the better receivers, but I think when you're thinking about fantasy, you know, you know, I think I I look at my receivers, I've got Brown, but there's also Devontae Smith and the Eagles. I've got Chase, but there's also Higgins and Boyd. Uh, I've got um, Diggs, but there's also Gabriel you know, coming through for the Bills. Like, in in those cases where I've got WR1s, they've got good WR2s or 1A, 1Bs. Yeah. I don't think... I think Jefferson did amazing for you this week. I don't think you're going to get that every week. Oh, no, I'm not going to get 40 points off him every week. But, no. you know... 20 plus every game. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, I don't give a shit. I've got 244 points and I hammered you. Game number three, which was... You know, the, the other two matches that were left in the uh, in the league were absolute nail-biters, to put it uh, lightly. Uh, but we had the Byfleet Sharks against the current chaps, the Wolfpack, and it finished up 228.02 to 
to 225.6 in favour of the Sharks. So a 2.5 point win for the Byfleet Sharks, which I think it's probably fair to say uh, none of us saw coming. Uh, in fact, it's probably fair to say that even uh, the GM, Nick, didn't see it coming either, because here's what he had to say after the draft last week. Nick, how many of the people did you recognise the names of? Um, <laughs> maybe, I've been honest with you, probably about six, but I got, I got the one that I really wanted. The only player I really wanted was Randy Bullock. I just wanted him on my team. <laughs> he just, you know, I'm just so glad that he was there for me after about my 18th pick. So I've got him. I'm so I mean, happy. I don't know what anyone else is thinking. I've got the teams in front of me just now. And, you know, we're, we're talking top against bottom, really. Champions against, well, no, well, not quite bottom, but, you know. Second to bottom. Second bottom, yeah. It wasn't one spoon. Come on. You know, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we're, to, we're talking a, a sort of a Man City against Bournemouth type start off. And, and you know, I, I fancy it. I fancy, you know, you, you, you've got Taylor in as your keeper. You've got Hill, um, CD Lamb, depending on how he, how, on how he goes. Um, Jalen Hurts is a good choice of quarterback. I reckon there's a chance there. Do you not think? I, I don't think my wide receivers are strong enough. I think Steve's got um, he's got two. Yeah, as he said on Adams and Cup, he's got real you know, twenty plus points. Is there basically? I don't have that. Yeah, I knew what I was talking about. You did, and I think I think that's got to hurt a little bit for the Wolfpack and 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 Steve to be taken down in the first match with your championship being back on the line uh, against somebody who was just delighted that he got Randy Bullock and nobody else. It's got a sting. For the champ who's got Cup and Adams again for the second year running, um, I think you can all tell by his messages and uh, his demeanour, it's really biting hard. He just, you know, we've all grown to like Steve. He's a very gracious champ, uh, you know, leading the bot pack to a rookie victory in his championship title, but... Yeah, to lose and to lose the greatest respect to the Sharks, you know. Lino, the Sharks are your number one rival in the league. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's unexpected, right? Yeah, I'm, honest, I'm now fearing the Sharks are going to go eight and nine. <laughs> Nick is obviously a very busy man who's far too busy on the golf course. He didn't have time to phone into the commissioner's voicemail this week. But someone who did phone into the commissioner's voicemail this week was uh, the reigning champ. And let's bear in mind that this was phoned in on Sunday evening. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Well, hey guys. So, first week for Wolfpack. Um, pretty happy, but goddamn, wasn't nervous throughout yesterday to the point where at gone midnight, I'm still up watching the games, wondering what the hell is going to happen. Pretty much trailing for the entire night last night. I'm watching some incredible plays by uh, the Sharks team. But in the end, coming good. Adams delivering an incredible result yesterday, even though Raiders and Carl are pretty shocking. What I would say is Adams looks on fire. And some of those catches he did yesterday, you know, have obviously helped him to get 32 plus points on fantasy this week, which I definitely needed. I mean, he's going to feel like an absolute prick. That is, that is lovely stuff. That, that clip. Is just lovely stuff. <laughs> it, it, it hasn't aged very well, has it? It's only no. a day old. It's not <laughs> <a> day old. <laughs> guys, guys, just one thing. With Nick's crazy busy golf schedule, do you think he even knows he's won the match yet? 
Yeah, he, he has was, he has he said on on WhatsApp that he was delighted, yeah. uh, and um, so so I think I think he is aware of it. Oh yeah, um, I'm, I'm delighted for him. I actually oh, yeah. am delighted for him because he's he's come in, uh, and he even said as I say on the on the draft pick saying I don't expect to win this. His wide receivers are far too good. Um, you know he's got Adams and Cup, which in fairness both of them did have blinders. You know Cup had 33 points, Adams had 32. But it was just the rest of the uh, the team for the Wolfpack didn't quite back up. Um, whereas the Sharks again solid against the board. Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Williams, Hill, um, who I think by the way is is going to absolutely you know, wreak havoc at, at Miami, uh, and the Bills defense, which I think is going to be an absolutely brilliant pickup game. Their defensive special teams because I think they're the best defense in the league probably just now. So yeah, he's he's, he's got to be delighted with that. And I think that's fair to say. Maybe you not Lionel. But the rest of us are pretty delighted with that. Yeah, yeah. See the champ taken down in the first game, just like the Rams in their own house. Love it. Yeah, Love it. I, I, I think Nick's take, uh, taken one for the team by taking a win off the OBS. So uh, I think the the big runners are happy that he's dropped uh, he's dropped the point. Right. Let's go on to probably match of the week. Match of the week was Grizzlies against the Renegades. Final score in this match was the Grizzlies 181.38 to the Renegades 182.02. Less than one point between the two teams, which is just an absolute belter. Um, what I want to do, first of all, is, is listen to what uh, Barry, the GM of the Grizzlies, had to say when he phoned the commissioner's voicemail this week. Bear in mind again... This was Sunday evening. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Okay, recap of, of, of week one for the Grizzlies. Well, firstly, it's not actually finished. Um, sitting at 173 points, projected to win unless Jerry Judy scores his first ever touchdown in the NFL. So uh, positives are... Hey, I shouldn't have won, but I did. Right, I'm going to stop it there straight away. Because again, <laughs> that is utterly, utterly beautiful. Yep. On the Monday morning, that being put in. And then, for those of you who don't know, on NFL, on Monday night, this happened. Wilson floats it. There's Judy. Pass caught. Judy still going. Down inside the 20. And touchdown, Denver Broncos. Yep, that's right. Jerry Judy scored his first ever NFL touchdown. Lino, talk us through. Always, this. always believed in Judy. I uh, honestly, he was. I think he's probably my last wide receiver I picked up. But I just remember watching someone saying he, him and uh, is it Sutton? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sutton. Him and Sutton will basically be Metcalf and another uh, okay. lock, lock, lock it, it. At, and that so that was it and that was that to me was enough and that was a name that I had on my list and he was one of the few that I had so I was delighted to get him in the lineup and then he was projected by four points and I was gutted at this point and I was expecting him then I read he'd never scored a touchdown I'd read he'd, he was useless last season and I was like oh no but he had to play because of. Uh, <laughs> The lack of other options I had, and yeah, he 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 delivered an incredible victory, even though Barry got a load of bump of points when he wasn't playing, which was a uh, which was even more in- interesting. I'd have been absolutely gutted if he'd have got twenty points and I'd still lost because Barry was on like one seventy five or something, and 
and then they added another six points to him. So yeah, over the moon, over the moon. Yeah, I mean to win by to win by less than a point is obviously beautiful. And we've talked about Jerry Judy scoring his first touchdown because that was the thing that that, that did it. But uh, you know, looking through your team here, I tell you, who actually won you that game, Young Hoku, the kicker from the Atlanta Falcons, eighteen points. His stats were uh, two extra points, one twenty-plus yard field goal. One forty-plus yard field goal and two fifty-yard-plus field goals. Eighteen Bombs. points from a kicker. I, I mean, that—that's that. unexpectedly brilliant. Yeah, no, I, my, when I drafted him, I was—I was thought was, he always looks good on red zone because you see him a lot because Atlanta get close but not close enough, or they don't—they get stuck in the red zone. I know they had Matt Ryan. When I found out they had Mar- Mariota. Is the QB. I think he's quite a good QB, actually. But I think he's, I don't know, I just thought that would be someone who's constantly going to be taking field kicks rather than uh, extra extra points. So I'm yeah, very happy with uh, with him to point now. He's my second favourite Korean behind Hyun Min Sun. Brilliant. So that's your roundup of week one in the ASFL. Thank you so much, guys. Looking ahead to week two, we've got some absolute cracking matches this week. Um, the Renegades against the reigning champs, the Wolfpack, the Musketeers and the Grizzlies at the moment, the two bottom teams in the league going head to head. The Alligators take on the surprise of the season so far, the Sharks, but undoubtedly game of the week coming thick and fast already. The top two, the Stallions against the Ballbags. Fitz, it's me against you. Let's see how it goes. Guys, really enjoyed that recap of Fantasy Week 1. Uh, and also our three things chat earlier on. One thing I want to touch on before we go today, and it's something, you know, maybe one or two things, in fact, that I really kind of want to pick up on. First and foremost, projected points. Right. We talked about it in the fantasy. Those who play fantasy on the different platforms, whether it's ESPN or Yahoo or NFL, you know, you get projections of what your players will do and what they'll score. And they'll base it off some stats and trends. And it does shape sometimes how we pick our teams. I want to know, and particularly, Lino, you've got a really strong opinion on this, how you feel about the fact that we are given projected scores for our players each week. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. It can demoralise you when you're projected to lose I don't know, on Wednesday by 30 points. And... You can, it can just really, I don't know, it makes you lose all hope. Uh, or there's nothing worse than just watching it come crashing down minute by minute. You start at like 200 and you're on 170 after the first quarter. You think, what exactly happened there? And also, I think it plays tricks on your mind as to who you're going to pick. You, I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd just rather go by gut. Who, which, which, which QB starts? Which, uh, which wide receivers do you play? Just, I think it's just, it's too easy to press the optimize button. That's always been my tactic. I'm not going to say it's worked particularly well, but that's always been my tactic. <laughs> but I've, okay. whenever I've, um, I always go back to, I know, the bot telling me to go Kyler Murray over Aaron Rodgers. Kyler Murray got, I know, ten points, and Aaron Rodgers got forty-five. And at that point, I was just 
that was the final nail in the coffin for me. Go with that. Funny, funny you mentioned that because I've got the Kyler Murray against Aaron Rodgers choice this week, and the bots projection are telling me, oh, it's Kyler Murray, it's Kyler Murray all the way. But like I've said earlier, there is no way that Rodgers, in my view, I'll probably live to regret this. There's no way that Rodgers is going to allow another week like he had last week, especially being back at Lambeau. So I'm sorely tempted to put him in. Um, but I think what Fitz and I have shown in particular is that the projections, you know, are generally bullshit. They may be worth a bit of, you know, if, if, if you're not sure about something. But this week I was meant to lose 180 to 198 and I won 244 against 169. When, when we got the projections through after the draft, I think Fitz and I were both the same. We both went, oh, I think we were projected to finish fifth and sixth or something like that. Yeah. Awful. Look at us now, baby. What about you, Paul? Because you've been, you've, you've last year, right, Paul, you, I'm interested in your view. Last year, you only got two wins and so you had a different view on it. And then this year, you've got all these draft picks and you're projected to be the best team in the league and your projected score in week one was the highest out of all teams. So you've seen it from both perspectives. How do you feel about projected score? Uh, yeah, I agree with Lino because I think it really affects who you put into your team. Like even in this week, Mika Parsons wasn't meant to do that well, but I decided to put him in anyway. And he ended up, I think he was predicted six points and got like 13 or 14 points. So it can when you see their numbers at the top before the week starts, you want them to be higher than the person that you're playing. And when you start removing players and your score starts going down, even though your gut feeling feels like this player should be better, it plays with your mind, like, like Lino said. So I, I, I see what you're both saying. And there's a reason I asked this question, because I came from it this week. I did an analysis a couple of years ago because we've had 10 years of our league. And, and that's because you're a very, very sad man. I'm a sad man and I've got a toddler and we don't go out much, right? And um, two things from the analysis. One, either the projections are nowhere near, right, by 40 or 50 points, or they are within about 10 points on average over 10 years of the league. So they're not far off or they're completely out of the wall. There's no middle ground, right? So that was one thing. But the main thing I've thought about this week, and it's because, Lino, you were kind of harping on about the projected score and <laughs> plays, plays, with your, plays with your emotions. I looked at it the other way around. I yeah you get the downs but I love the ups I was 28 points at one point to be projected this week to lose to the alligators and then I beat him by I don't know 20 points or something like the, when it when it's the opposite when you're projected low and you smash it I love that because you know the angst that you guys have just touched on that the other managers going through oh you fucking wankers oh you were meant to get me this many points and that many touchdowns and you're sitting there going <laughs> You know, that's the we've all been at the highs and we've all been at the lows. Well, sorry, Paul, you've not been at the highs yet. But no, when you I get there, I assume what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> but when you get there, when you've got a low projection and you get uh, uh, you smash it, or the other player fucks it up and what shits the bed, that's the bit I love about projected scores. I that's, cannot wait for Jamar Chase to have an absolute stinker this week. Oh yeah, yeah, he's away against Dallas. He's going to get picked off. I know, but um, Burrow's going to get me minus points. But uh, look, let me touch on one more thing before we go, and it's another one which is really topical. Um, for those people who are listening, they play fantasy in their own leagues and whatnot. Most people will be familiar, but for those who don't, everyone in your league, whether it's four, six, eight, ten, twelve teams, you'll play so many games throughout the season against each other, and at the end of the season. 
you'll have a ranking who's won the most games, who's won the least, and then the top so many teams go into playoffs for your championships. A bit like the NFL and how it works. One thing that we've been debating in our WhatsApp group is how much can you celebrate coming top of that league standing table before the playoffs? You know, if you particularly, you know, if you particularly get through, Lionel's <laughs> rolling his eyes I can, already. I, I, get, I know, I can feel it. I can feel it through the feel it through the headphones. But this is a bit right, and I, I want. I'm not going to start with Lionel. I want to start with Flem, right? And then then I want Paul's view, and then I want to come to Lionel because I want to know genuinely how different people feel about. Yeah, you come top of the league. This isn't football in the UK. This is NFL and NFL fantasy. You come top, but you don't quite get across the line in the knockout competition. Flem, how how do you feel? Because you've been you finished top. I finished I not- finished top more than anyone else ever in history okay. of the league. I think I finished top about five times, and I've only won the championship twice. I always shat the bed, always shat the bed, and uh, it ruined it for me. You know, so I, I never I never think about myself as four or five times champion. Almost done. Yeah. In a nutshell, um, in a nutshell, what you're saying is your two championships where you've won the playoff knockout finals, you remember you give you that pride. The five top of the league finishes, not so much. Yeah. Okay. What about Paul? You're a rookie from last year. You've only done one year with us. You're new to fantasy. How do you I mean you've got a fresh perspective. What do you feel? Uh I can see why Lino would really or anybody who's won won the, the championship itself would would really sorry I'm sorry correct you he'd not won the championship this so what's he the, won this the, and there's your point there's the there's the nub of it <laughs> what has he won he's won a bunch of games what is he's he won? won fuck all there there it is in a nutshell you're and that's you've actually it's a perfect answer your mindset as a rookie coming in. We've been in it 10 years, Lionel has been in it, it's his fifth year now, have a different perspective. And it's interesting that your perspective is very akin to Lionel's. Lionel, go on, you jump in, because this was your big thing on WhatsApp this week. Obviously, finishing top of the league meant I woke up on a Monday or a Tuesday morning the happiest out of all of you lot more often than not. That, to me, having finished bottom, having won... I lost, I think I lost 10 in a row or something the season before, having won 11 in a row, having won three of my first four games. It was a pretty depressing season. So for that was a big improvement from that. And yeah, I I, I am doing it slightly to wind up people. And obviously Barry's taken the bait uh, pretty well uh, to the point where he's calling me out for mentioning it on Facebook. And threatening, <laughs> threatening uh, to uh, have sanctions against the team. Uh, so no, I just yeah, it's, it's as a Tottenham fan as well. I'm not used to winning things, and we always talk about the season that we got the most points in the calendar year, and that we, you know, we would have won the league uh, when we finished second. I think something like 75% of all Premier Leagues or something daft like that. So yeah, it's it's the small things. It just made me feel not useless at NFL fantasy football and being able to tell my wife most mornings that I won uh, was was quite was quite was quite good. Unfortunately, she's in Germany, so she doesn't know I've won. She thinks I lost because uh, my depression on Monday morning was quite high. Okay, so Monday morning you're low. She thought you lost. You've actually I won told this week. I lost. And you told her you lost this week. You've actually, at the end of the results, Tuesday morning, you've won. And not only have you won, you've beaten 
the Grizzlies, the team who are most upset that you're going around saying that you've won the league last year when you didn't. Lainal, when's your wife, when's your wife back? Uh, she's back on Friday, so I should probably text her now. She had a really busy day. I, I very stressed, very thing, had horrendous travel to go out to Germany. She's probably uh, just trying to uh, so unwind now and go to bed. I'll probably give her a ring and tell her that, uh, that actually I won. And, and, and tell rather her that Mrs. Lane is going to get the time that. of her life on Friday night. <laughs> uh, I, know, I, know her, I know her response will be, that's nice. I need to let her know that Spurs lost in the Champions League first. So she'll probably be wondering why I haven't let her know that. So I, does I do she, actually probably need to get my son to bed she, as well. Does she... Does she does she kind of look and go, oh, God, Spurs have lost. I'm going to stay away from my husband. Does that happen, do you think? Uh, no, no. no. What about fantasy? Um, fantasy, Monday mornings. Does she know to stay away from you Monday mornings? Uh, to us, we don't get on in the mornings. We get on really well, but in the mornings, we just irritate each other. We just get into each other's space, break up the routine, and we barely just sort of grunt at each other. And, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, that's, that's our kind of routine in the morning. So, yeah. yeah. Even on a happy Monday or Tuesday morning last year when you won a ton of fantasy games? Yeah, I, th- I think she pretty much uh, could tell that my happy grunting wasn't wasn't what she wanted on a Monday morning. Fair enough. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My happy grunting wasn't what she wanted. I think we should probably leave it on that, Fitz. Yeah, definitely. Guys, thanks very much for joining. Lino, pleasure as always. Uh, Paul, joining us as a nice special guest appearance following your GM bonus episode. Uh, Flem, as always, co-star producer extraordinaire of the uh, Titans podcast folks thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week